We are back. This is Ariva Martin in real time. I'm your host, Ariva Martin, and this is hour two of the show. This is the hour where we talk about stories that have big headlines and big impact. And today, one of those stories is the immigration crisis in New York and how it is causing New York Democrats to turn on each other and to turn on the president. We're asking today what impact all of this may have on the 2024 election. We know the House is at issue, uh, regaining control of the U.S. Congress and maintaining the White House. And with all of this fighting in New York, are both of those possibilities now in jeopardy? According to the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, the rapid arrival in New York of more than 100,000 asylum seekers is wreaking havoc on government budgets and testing the city's safety net because the city has a right to shelter law. Now, this crisis is causing Democrat Democratic allies to turn against each other, to uh, be engaged in name-calling and finger-pointing, and otherwise vulnerable Republicans are watching closely what is happening in New York and starting to believe that perhaps there is an opportunity for them to survive uh, in districts that otherwise might have seemed out of reach. Uh, joining me in this hour to help us make sense of what's happening in New York is Assembly Member Ranice Bashot Hermlin. She is a member of the New York Assembly District 42 and Immigration Attorney Myra Jolie. Thanks to both of you for joining. Uh, welcome back, Assemblywoman. Oh, a lot going on in New York. At first, it just seemed like it was Eric Adams using the bully pulpit to point the finger at Joe Biden and say he needed more resources. The White House kind of firing back, saying, no, it's not the resources. You need to manage the resources that you have. And now the governor is involved. And she and Eric Adams seem to be uh, finger pointing. Republicans are locking arms with some congressional dims in the state. It's a mess. Uh, tell us what's happening on the grounds in New York around this immigration issue. Well, thank you, Ariva, for um, having me on the show tonight. Um, I want to also uh, welcome our guest speaker as well, Mario Jolie, on immigration. I, 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 let me tell you, immig the immigration, the migrant crisis has been at the forefront of all topics in New York City and the state of New York. And first, let me just say that, you know what? It's not the mayor's fault. It's not even the governor's fault. This is an unprecedented issue where um, the city and the state just was not ready to uh, embrace and have resources for this flux of migrants. So right now, um, People are complaining and, you know, there's no one else to turn to but the government. As you know, you know, there's pressure of population, poverty, uh, civil wars, natural disaster that has pushed people from all over the world to the United States border. This is nothing new. There's about more than 2.1 million people who are still waiting to be granted asylum. Okay, and as you mentioned, um, New York City has an established landmark case, uh, the right to shelter, which was a decision that was made in 1979, which pretty much says that the city needs to provide shelter to any homeless person um, with their families, uh, women, men, 
um, so that they can get protection, the same protection as the, the, the residents here. And as a result of this uh, right to shelter law, um, immigrants or migrants, I should say, uh, have felt that New York City is a place of sanctuary, um, welcoming anybody who can come in who may not have access to any resources and that the city will find them resources. This is similar laws in other cities like Massachusetts. And as you, as you know, Massachusetts is also overburdened with a shelter system where the governor has literally declared a state of emergency, okay? Um, there are a number of sanctuary cities, I think over 600 sanctuary cities in the United States. And I have to say, uh, uh, New York City has probably taken the, the biggest burden in terms of having to um, provide resources and welcome a lot of these migrants. In, in New York City, we have more than 113,000 migrants that have arrived in New York City since spring of 2022. No other city has um, met that threshold. We are also currently housing 59,000 asylum see uh, seekers. And just last week, we nearly we received nearly 3,000 um, through our city system. Okay. Yeah, well, let me just let, let me uh, jump in here because as I'm listening to this, you say it's not the mayor's fault, it's not the governor's fault. My understanding, I'm not an immigration attorney, I'm a civil rights attorney, is that immigration is a congressional issue. And I, I'm curious as to why the finger pointing at the Biden administration, particularly we saw in the court system recently, the DACA executive order signed by President Obama and the, the way that DACA has been confined by the court system. So the president has very limited powers when it comes to immigration issues. And when the president, i.e. Obama or any other president has used their executive powers to try to address some of the immigration issues, immediately the Republican attorney generals, the Republican uh, nonprofit organizations, advocacy organizations run into court and makes it impossible for the president's executive order to be implemented or to have any impact. Uh, Myra, you are an immigration lawyer. Did I get that right in terms of who has the power to do something about immigration in our system? Yeah, well, what happened is that uh, the, main, the main problem is letting them in. Once uh, our borders are in such a, such a um, situation, that allowed people to come in, then when, once they are in the United States, all the triggers of the laws have to apply because they are seeking asylum. But keep in mind that seeking asylum is not leaving um, all the way from Madagascar and coming all the way to the border of Mexico and claim asylum. That is not a, that is not a legitimate asylum claim. A person who claims asylum has to knock on the door of the first territory they found outside the territory that they okay, but they feel like they hold on a second though but I, I just want to talk about our system of government and where the power to address immigration issues lie because the assemblywoman said it's not the mayor's fault it's not the governor's fault yes. 
So I'm trying to I it just, is, I guess it is to understand it's not the executive branch has limited powers also, like she's saying the governor and mayor has limited powers. So I'm trying to help people understand the role that Congress plays in our system as it relates to immigration laws. Okay. We have a little power act. Okay. Well, Are we here? We're going to let you work that out. So Assemblywoman, uh, you yeah, I don't think it. it's the mayor's problem, uh, mayor's fault. You don't think it's the governor's fault. No, Where do you say the fault lies? I think the fault lies. Um, I first of all, it's our whole political system, right? Um, um, you know, as you mentioned, it is Congress who actually enacts these immigration reform laws. Um, the the executive branch, the the president, does have a le level of executive order to um, to do some things. Okay, um, I mean, Biden has had um but, but a program you here because when you say that no. daca was just uh a federal court in texas just ruled that daca which was by executive order by president obama uh you know cannot be implemented it's not constitutional so when you say executive orders of the president what do you believe he has the power to do i mean within the, within, within the, the right within the confines of the constitution he still has some wiggle room, as long as it's legitimate and as long as it's fair and equitable, um, to allow um, some level of immigration reform. And I can tell you, one of the programs of the, was the reunification of um, um, of families, where you see a number of the Haitians. I am a daughter of of Haitian immigrants. Um, we call we now are calling a lot of these Haitians who are coming to the United States um, the Biden Haitians. Okay. Um, just as long as there are people who are here who can vouch for them, they pay $3,000 and, and and Haitians can come. This is the first time ever in history that a president of the United States had allowed some type of program for black immigrants. Okay, we, we that's another issue okay. where we're talking about immigrants, um, but what happens to the black immigrants, right? Um, the black immigrants are typically at the bottom of the barrel. And so, but that was, that's under Biden's executive order. Biden also, you know, again, as we're talking about black immigrants and even um, like the Honduras and the El Salvadorians, you have the TPS that's typically renewed every year. Um, that's under the executive order. Um, Biden and his administration um, allows that to happen um, every year. So there is some- But, but you do, but you- also acknowledge okay. that executive orders are not laws and they no. are temporary and the next president that comes in can completely you know eliminate those orders and they are frequently challenged in court but let, let's talk about what do you what does new york want the biden administration to do new york wants the biden administration to provide funding we're asking um you know billions of dollars to provide food resources and shelters. Uh, and also the um, New York is also asking the Biden administration to issue these work permits. I mean, rather having a lot of these migrants sit around and do nothing, um, they can be part of the economic, um, you know, the oh. e economic atmosphere where they are paying into the tax system. And then eventually they will start, they will start leaving the, you know, the social services resources um, that's being sucked <laughs> out of the city, um, and they will start being independent. 
Um, you know, we it's a man, it's mandated that the kids have to go to school. Um, and again, it's mandated that a lot of these uh, asylum seekers, migrants, whichever categories there are, have to be sheltered. Right. Um, Let me say this to you, Assemblywoman. Okay. One of the regular contributors on my show is an immigration attorney, his name is Alan Orr. Alan, and I asked him this question, why doesn't the Biden administration do something about the work permit issue that you just described? And he says the reality is that the system is over-challenged, is overwhelmed, and that Congress will not give the money, will not uh, you know, uh, vote to pass legislation that would give additional funding to allow for the backlog to be worked off. So he goes and goes back to Congress uh, and says it's not an executive order issue. I mean, an executive office issue. It is a congressional uh, issue. Amira, are you back? I think we have your sound. Yeah. Yes. yes, I'm back. Can you hear me? I think. Can you hear me? A little. Go ahead. We're going to see if we can work with your sound. Uh, oh I'm my trying goodness. to understand what's happening with again congressional Republicans. Why, Assemblywoman, I think we've lost her again, why don't we see more attacks on them? More, you know, calling out those Republican lawmakers that refuse to provide the kind of funding that would be need to address, needed to address the backlog uh, for processing right. things like work permits. Look, I mean, look, the mayor, the governor are the lowest hanging fruit. There's politics all over, you know, all over the place. As you know, um, here in the state of New York, um, the courts have rejected the congressional lines, which now um, uh, puts the Republicans at risk because if the lines are redrawn, there's a potential of um, getting nine more seats and then we'll get the congressional. So right now, um, and, and so, and let, hold on, let, stop right there. I'm so glad you said that. So given that we have an opportunity to take back the Congress as Democrats and perhaps enact common sense immigration reform, is it political suicide to, to be pointing the finger at the White House when you just said there's a possibility that we could gain nine Democratic seats? Yeah, um, I, 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 yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that um, there is an opportunity to. We should. I mean, you know, there's a lot of um, finger pointing. Um, currently, as mentioned, it's very difficult for the mayor and the governor to work under limited resources and in a condition where they have no control over. We, we all get that. Uh, fingers are being pointed to Biden because, again, he has some executive control. We cannot necessarily point the fingers to Congress um, because we don't have control of Congress. Well, that doesn't and mean they're we not, can't and they're hold not gonna I disagree with that. Just because we don't have the numbers doesn't mean we can't hold our congressional leaders, even though they're Republicans, they are there to govern for the entire country. But they don't want uh, hold they don't that want thought. The hold that thought. When we come forward, more on this conversation about what's going on in New York around the immigration crisis and who is at fault. Now, you say that the mayor is not at fault. The governor of New York says the mayor is absolutely at fault. More when we come forward. KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk 1580. 
This is hour two of Ariva Martin in real time. And in this hour, we are talking about the big fight in New York about immigration. And who is at fault? The governor's pointing the finger at the mayor. The mayor's pointing the finger at the White House. And some congressional Democrats, Democrats are joining with Republicans in criticizing both the mayor, the governor, and the president. Joining me in this hour is Assembly woman, Ranice Bashot Hermlin. She is a member of the New York State Assembly, District 42, and Myra Jolie. She's an immigration attorney in Florida. So Myra, there was an article out this morning in the Los Angeles Times that says Los Angeles is not having the same issue that New York is having, although busloads of uh, migrants are being bused into Los Angeles pretty much every week. I think there have been 14 plus buses uh, sent to Los Angeles. And one of the reasons cited in this article is the infrastructure uh, that has been built, the nonprofit organizations that are working hand in hand with the city of Los Angeles, uh, that they've created a system that allows for the quick processing of individuals, getting them. Uh, many of them are uh, coming here temporarily and are going uh, to rural parts of the state where they're going to work as migrant farm workers. And uh, others are, you know, being taken in by family members and friends. So what do you see as the difference between what's happening in New York versus Los Angeles? Well, what you see is that New York has been selling themselves more as a, as a come over here, we, we take everybody, there are free stuff, we're gonna house you, we're gonna, your children are gonna go to school, you're gonna, you're gonna be taken care of. That's what New York has been selling. Um, as it in selling themselves as being a sanctuary city. Plus, everybody wants to be in New York. Everybody wants the opportunity to be in Times Square. And now that has been given. Right now, it's a circular firing squad. The mayor is blaming the governor. The government is blaming the mayor. Everybody's blaming Joe Biden. But Joe Biden is at fault. Because if the border had been secure, if the if the wall continued to be built, we can deal with the... Oh, no, 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 Byron. We're, we're yes. not going to sit here and suggest that a wall... Yes. Yes. You, you haven't been following the wall uh, well, drama. That wall well, well, that Trump promised to build has caused major damage. Uh, yes. indigenous communities and yes. so many other communities. Yes. And it, it's not a wall that's going to yes. end our immigration issues oh. because we know there are titles and there are all kinds of ways that people are uh, able to get over a wall. So we're okay. not going to suggest that that's the su suggestion. Is, that is, is a legitimate solution to any of our immigration problems. Yes. But Arriba, let me let if you let me explain because I you can't, I have, you can't explain the wall to no, me. I, I just reject that no, categorically. There's no evidence cannot, to support cannot, that. I cannot so explain can't have the a wall. If you want to talk about something other than the wall, we can do so. But we can't talk about a wall as a way of addressing a very serious uh, immigration issue. We can't. It's not a solution. So we 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 have to talk about something else. Uh, that's all right. So the solution, the solution is is. Once they're here, then we're gonna find we're gonna try to find out what to do with them because they come in, but we already have millions of immigrants that have been working with that are here in the United States. Their situation has not been even close to being resolved. 
and we are putting more people into the system. Right now, before this crisis, the Biden administration didn't call it crisis for the longest time. Before this, one of my clients only have to wait for 45 days for renewal of their work permit. Right now, it's 365 days. Well, Why is obviously, that? but Myra, obviously Joe Biden did not create the crisis at the border. He's been in office two and a half years. Our immigration crisis predates Joe Biden, probably before totally. Joe Biden was even born. Hold on a second. I want to ask the assemblywoman this. So, you know, there, there's a, a tendency, and you're, uh, your family are immigrants, right? Assemblywoman Hermwood. And, you know, there is a tendency in this country to malign immigrants. And I reject that. I live in California. This economy, and I'm sure it's the true of New York. I visit New York frequently. Our economy of the United States could not operate without immigrants. There is a a, a great article in Florida about a Florida businessman who owns a chain of restaurants And he was a staunch supporter of Governor Ron DeSantis. And he was supporting Ron DeSantis when he was going through all of his anti-woke laws, including one that made it very difficult for immigrants in Florida to work, to get driver's license, et cetera. This business owner has his restaurants raided. He's forced to fire 19 workers. He's fined half a million dollars. He has a come to Jesus moment and realizes he can't operate a chain of restaurants in the state of Florida without an immigrant population. So we're not going to malign immigrants in this conversation because this economy, our U.S. economy, uh, Assemblywoman, thrives on the work, the labor, the contributions of immigrants. And we are all. Immigrants, not the descendants of slaves. No, not the descendants of slaves, because we didn't we come have immigrants. We have plenty of legal immigrants who have work permits. We have plenty of Venezuelans with TPS, Salvadorian, Guatemala. We have plenty of people who are legally in this country that can work those jobs. So we cannot start Myra, you, Myra yeah. you are categorically yeah, Myra. Something? You can say something after I say this. Let me correct. Let me got to do a fact check here. You're categorically wrong about that. Right now in the state of California and across this country, there are not enough workers to fill jobs that are empty. You ask any employer. Because the government are, is giving no, handouts. No, you just because said that Joe we have no, my, Myra, to work. Myra, I'm going to have to cut your mic off. You just said there were plenty of legal uh, migrants in this country to fill all the jobs. That's categorically false. We do not spread fake news on this show. Go ahead, Assemblywoman. I was going to say, look, we know what's going on, okay? The the vast majority of these immigrants that are coming in are people of color, okay? Yes. And as you know, um, this country has allowed millions and millions of immigrants from the European countries uh, through Ellis Island openly, and data have shown that people coming from all over has contributed to building this country, okay? Lots of these immigrants, they don't come just to sit around. Um, You know, they come to work. They come to have a better quality of life of their families. But if that's the case, if they come to work... Myra, 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 you you have to let her finish her statement. Right, and we should find a way 
to spread the wealth across the United States mm-hmm. and, embracing, and, and, and embracing the immigrants. Now, you know, and, and I'm going to go back to New York City. Mayor Adams, and, you know, a lot of pointing fingers, he is not anti-immigrant, okay? He is probably one of the biggest supporter of the immigrant community. It's just that New York City has taken an overwhelmingly um, majority of well, immigrants coming in. Hold with- that thought, Assemblywoman, because when we come forward, I want to ask you, and I'm glad you clarified for the record that Mayor uh, Adams is not anti-immigrants, but I do want to ask you why the governor of the state of New York then has said that he is at fault in some ways for this crisis. When we come forward, KBLA Talk 1580. I'm back. And in this hour, we are talking about the immigration issues that are in the news pretty much every day involving New York City, the infighting between the New York City mayor and the governor of New York. That has spilled over to uh, finger pointing at the president of the United States. We're asking how this big fight between these top Democrats could impact the 2024 election. And one thing I want to make very clear, uh, I am pro-immigration. I am pro-immigrants. Immigrants are the backbone of this country. They are often maligned. Uh, there's this baffling paradox and denial of reality surrounding the issue of immigration uh, that we see uh, played out in this country pretty much every day. And I'd say it involves a gap in critical thinking on the part of those who often decry the influx of immigrants to this country. Uh, we see that uh, done regularly on Fox News uh, and other conservative outlets, uh, this this vilifying of immigrants. And the same people who are often vilifying immigrants, like the story I just told you about the restaurant owner in Florida, are those that uh, employ immigrant workers in their businesses, depend on immigrant workers uh, for them to make money, to have thriving businesses, to make uh, profit. So this notion that somehow uh, immigrants, even those that don't have documentation that somehow they are a drain on this society or a threat is just categorically false. Uh, Immigrants are not the problem. They are a part of the solution. And as I said earlier, there is a huge crisis in employment in this country, and particularly in California. Uh, You ask any employer, they cannot find enough workers for the jobs that are available. The infrastructure bill that was passed that's putting billions of dollars into cities and states for roads and other uh, infrastructure improvements, a lot of that money is is unspent because there are not workers available uh, to take the jobs. So uh, I just want it to be very clear about that. So I want to ask you, Assemblywoman, about your governor, because Governor Hochul says that Eric Adams is the problem. What is she getting wrong? Well, I think, again, Eric Adams, our mayor of New York City, is the lowest hanging fruit. And 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 if you read the statistics in the projected budget, uh, New York City will be spending $12 billion on emergency shelter over the next three years. So she, the governor currently is also getting pressure. Why? Because we are asking um, to house a lot of these immigrants in other counties outside of New York um, because New York really has been 
bearing the brunt of a national crisis. That's the bottom line. And, and, but the governor doesn't necessarily have the way with all to do that because these municipalities across the state of New York do not have those same laws, the shelter in place uh, laws. And so you're dealing with potentially a constitutional issue um, with how we're going to house or spread the wealth across the state of New York. So, you know, I think the governor and the mayor are under a lot of pressure. Um, we're dealing, as you said, we're dealing with both Republicans and Democrats uh, who are feeling burdened. You have a number of people who feels that, you know, immigrants should not be in their backyards. Um, you know, there's the whole nine my backyard approach. Um, but at the end of the day, um, they are here and we need to find solutions of how we can um, embrace them in our economic system, which is why we are looking at ways potentially of getting some type of uh, New York State, um, potentially we're advocating for work permits uh, so that these migrants can can um, be part of the tax system and start being independently making some type of a living uh, for their families. Um, but again, you know, it, it, it's, it's just a situation that's been unprecedented. Um, I think, again, the blame should be <laughs> probably on the federal level. Um, federal, you know, immigration is a federal issue. Uh, when people come to my office as a state assembly, I cannot necessarily address these issues. I have to always refer them to our congressional um, uh, representatives. Representatives, yeah. So, so, so it's it's really difficult. But I do want to address um, the immigration lawyer who's here, Myra Jolie, and I want to say that I think her frustration and 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 the reason why I know a little bit is because I'm currently in law school. And I'm currently interning at an immigration law firm. And what's going on is that you have these cases, these lawyers who've been working with a lot of the immigrant um, um, clients um, for whether it's asylum, visas, whatever, or work status permits, whatever. We're dealing with um, Catholic charities. And as a result of the influx of the migrants who are coming in, and also at the aftermath of COVID, there's been like a large backlog, right? And so any um, immigration attorney may feel frustrated because they're dealing with a group of clients that they've been fighting for for a very long time, and now they have to wait even longer. To and I'm glad you mentioned that. You're right. Uh, there's no doubt that the southern border has been chaotic and even overwhelming at times, but this is not a Biden-Harris Phenomenon. This just didn't happen it, when Joe Biden not, and Kamala Harris were elected in office. And just you, oh, I'm talking. Is, no, I'm talking. It's my show. I'm talking. And just like you said, the immigration attorneys may be frustrated because they've been dealing with this for a while. And a while is pre 2020. And we got to stay focused on the facts. Last year, Border Patrol officers made nearly 2.4 million arrests. Now, a lot of the people, almost half of the people, are expelled. The majority of them are expelled. So there's again this myth that some, it's a, a myth that somehow the borders are wide open and everybody is coming into this country. And in fact, the numbers show that in recent years, the net immigration in the United States, which means, as you all know, the number of all arrivals, including what we call as illegal word, I'm not too keen on, minus the number of departures, actually there's been a downward slope in 
the numbers. So we got to stick to the facts and we can't place blame of immigration. I on deal with ICE. I deal with ICE on a daily basis. Myra, Myra you have you to. Tell me Myra, you, no, you're you the facts are expert. the facts. You call me as an expert, Eva. You want Myra. me to tell you my expertise? No, oh, I no. want you to answer the questions that I ask you. That's how it goes on a talk show. You get asked questions, what is, you, get what is the the question? you can't what is talk the over the host Wait, because I will you put your like mic on. I, I don't, the answer, you can't say it's that. It's not about liking the answer. It's my show. And if you want to be on my show, you have to answer my questions. That's the rules. I'm sorry. The fact that immigration let's, is let's a big clear. issue in let's this country. Clear, it's not no, that I we're going to get clear. Show. You know what? We're going to wrap not, up this I'm conversation. Rashad, Rashad, Rashad. Rashad, let's close Myra's mic. We, she and I will talk after the show. The reality is immigration is an issue in this country and it's everybody's responsibility. It's not an issue that just started with the Biden-Harris administration. It's an issue that predates them. Uh, and what's happening in New York is unfortunate because at a time when we should all be working together, the mayor, the governor, and the White House, we have this finger pointing uh, that's happening. And I don't think it's positive for anyone. If we have an opportunity to win those nine congressional seats in New York, uh, I, I would hope, Assemblywoman, that the Democrats in New York would come together and figure out how to make that happen. Because if we're going to have real immigration reform in this country, we're going to need to be in control of the House, the Senate, uh, and the White House. So and, that, and at the end of the, of the day, day, that's all that's going to make a difference. Right. And, and again, all of this is politics. All of this is politics. The, re the Republicans are certainly using this opportunity to divide the Democrats, uh, making it a, a crisis, as they would say. But Democrats need to understand that we need to kind of stand strong, um, be vi vigilant and be focused. We can win back the congressional seats. We can then put in immigration reform laws that can help the crisis, that can find ways to incorporate the immigrants. And most of these immigrants are immigrants of color. Okay, people don't talk about that. We had no yeah. issues when the Italians, when the Serbs, when the Turks, um, you know, many the different- Ukrainians, The Ukrainians who we opened our arms to. So let's exactly. be clear about that. Hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians were welcomed into this country. So yeah, now is not the time for us to have a position anti-immigration because you are. We're talking about people of color. We need uh, serious immigration reform, and it can only happen at the congressional level. And to get that kind of reform, we need to control the House. It's that simple. And if Democrats- In order for us to, yes, to control message, the House, we need yes. to vote. <laughs> we need to and go. That's ahead. why we got to make it clear to people that the the solution to this problem, and there is a solution, is the numbers in the House to be able to pass real immigration reform and to get it passed. Uh, and any notion that somehow a wall is going to address this problem, it's not. That's a fantasy. That's a uh, just a a complete and uh, unadulterated lie. That's not the solution to this problem. And we got to work together as Democrats to try to solve it. Thank you so much. Assemblywoman, and Myra, you and I can have an off-the-camera conversation about immigration. I'd love to have you on with uh, Alan Orr, an immigration attorney who is a contributor on this show. We talk a lot about immigration policy. We are out of time. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, and thank you for your contributions. You the next voice that you hear will be Robin Ayers and The Raw Report right here on KBLA Talk 1580. Don't touch your dial, and make sure you continue to follow this conversation. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Ariva Martin.